Good adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzak, and welcome to episode 104 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. I'm so happy to be back again. I goofed and forgot to tell you all that I would be taking a short hiatus during the summer. I was out of uh, internet uh, uh, reachableness. <laughs> I'm not quite not quite sure how to say that, but I had no internet for most of the summer, and it was just too difficult to try to do this. So I thought, eh, I'm just going to take the summer off. And at that point, um, there was no way to tell anybody. So I'm glad you're back, and I'm so excited to be chatting with this author for the first show back. And we have a special giveaway that you'll want to listen for uh, during the show. And uh, let's just get right to it. And I will see you after. Everybody, I want to welcome A.E. McKenna back to the show. We've had her on a couple times uh, talking about her books and doing writing prompts with us. So I will have links to those show notes, uh, to those shows in the show notes, if I remember. If I don't, you'll have to look it up on your own. Okay, so welcome, Amy. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. And today, okay, let's start out with, you opened an email. Yes which a lot of us didn't. So tell us about this email that you opened. Um, it was from KDP asking me to join a beta group for hardcover books. And um, it, it said, the only thing you can't do is talk about it. So I said, sure. How long ago was that? Oh, it was probably, I want to say maybe April or May of 2021. Nice. And um, I'm going to hold up the result real quick because it looks fantastic. So let's see if I can do this. If you're watching a video, ah, there it is. It is gorgeous. It's very lightweight for a hardback. Uh, a lot of times they are so heavy, you don't want to take them anywhere. But I like to read hardbacks. It's just easier to open the pages. Um, I, I, there's something about hardback books, especially signed hardback books, which this one is signed, and we're going to talk more about that at the end of the show. Don't let me forget, Amy. Okay, so okay. what was involved in making a hardback cover, a hardback book? Um, well, you needed a different um, template for the cover, For first of all. Even, even if you selected like the same um, dimensions that you would for a paperback, you still needed a different cover because I guess the, the bleed is different. And um, so they've changed it since I've done the whole hardback thing. Cause I got my hardback template ready to go around May and um, they didn't have the calculator up at first or it was buried so hard that I couldn't find it. So I gave him the wrong, the wrong dimensions. And then I found it, it was actually right there it's the same it's basically the same process as doing a paperback you just put in the word count or the page count and boom you download the zip file and you send it over to your competent cover artist to take care of all the hard stuff <laughs> oh thank god for those people thank yeah. goodness yeah and so I, i've noticed some people have been um now that the hardbacks are out people are adding color pages in the interior I that wasn't an option I couldn't I mean I could have cream or white so you know I just stuck with what I do with paperbacks but I have seen the black pages and I think that's pretty cool yes 
Yes, yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, and, and it's something that um, I noticed now uh, after we talked about this, and you said you could finally talk about it. Then uh, I noticed in my dashboard that I have that option now, and I, I hadn't seen it for a long time, and it's finally there, and more people are are uh, doing this. I th I think it's now a lot of people may say, "Why should I bother with a heart cover?" What would you say? Um, don't you want it? <laughs> 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 That's really what went through my head was, yeah, I would like a hardcover copy of my book. I would love it, and. I do. I, I love it very much. <laughs> you know, it feels more real. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it's like the first time that you get a, a paperback copy of your a hard not hardback but a, a real copy of your book, and you hold it in your hand, and it finally, after all the years and all the sweat and tears and everything else, in creating that book, it makes it feel real. And I think that that. The card cover, let's hold it up again if you're watching on video, it is gorgeous. Um, I think it makes it feel even more real because it's so gorgeous. And the dimensions, I think, are a little bit bigger than your other book I have is in paperback somewhere on my bookshelf, and I, I was looking for it. A neighbor borrowed some books, so they might have taken that one too. Uh, so how, how different is this from the paperback? Mm. You've got, <laughs> I should have prepped you. <laughs> She's looking for a copy. Okay. All right. So here's my proof copy. And here's my hardcover. Let's see. Oh. So, yeah, it's a couple inches taller and a couple mm -hmm. inches wider. Yeah, yeah so I five by eight here. And I think this is six by nine. Yeah, that that's a good size for reading if you want to. And like I said, it is lightweight. How much would you, would you say is more than the paperback? How much more do you think? Oh. Um, oh, a few ounces. You could, I feel like you could brain someone with this. I really do. <laughs> so see, it's not only good reading, but it's a weapon in case you have issues. <laughs> so if you're on the bus and somebody sits next to you and you don't want them to. Anyway, so, so it's out there. And um, I don't know, have, have people noticed it? Have sales started to take off for the hardcover? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. And it, and it takes about a week to print too. So whereas paperback takes a few days, this one took about a week. There also, when I started doing this process, there weren't options to buy author copies, but now it seems like there is. I, it looks like I, I recently checked and I do have the option to purchase author copies, but I was too impatient for that. <laughs> Were they much cheaper? So if someone is gonna go, be going to a book show and they wanna have a hard copy for sale, um, I think these are $14.99 to print. So I think the cost of printing is $14.99, and that's what the author copies should be yeah. priced at. Yeah, so, but you know, people will spend $25 on, on hardback books. Uh, people will spend $15 on softcover books. Oh, yeah, especially if it's a book that they really like. I know a lot of people out there search all over the place for hard co hardback copies for their favorite books. That's what my husband does, and um, he does have one. And I know a, a lot of other people do it, too. Yeah, and I like having, like I said, I love hardback books, and, and I will go to the bookstores when they have their clearance sales and, and hit that $5 table and get, as many as I can. And even if it's books I don't think I will read, I will still grab them because we have the little public libraries, you know, the little little library in the in the park thing. Oh, the um, so 
Yeah, so I'll I'll go and and if I if it's a book I'm not going to read, I will drop them in there, um, just because it's like, oh well, yeah, someone should read that, and it's only five bucks. And sometimes they're a little less than that, and sometimes it's two for one, and I feel really bad for the authors who you know <laughs> the book is twenty five dollars, and uh, yeah, I felt really bad. I got a copy of Pete Souza's official photos of uh, President Obama. It's a hardback coffee table book. It's like this thick and it has stories in it. I got it for five bucks. It was absolute, and I, I wished if there'd been more than one copy, I would have bought more than one to give to people. So you said this takes about a week to get the hardback cover. I'm holding it up again if you're looking. Okay, so this book is called Death Right Genie, and it is the second book in the series. Mm -hmm. And you have a third one that's out or coming out? It's coming out. Um, it, right now it's with my beta readers, so it's it's getting ripped apart ruthlessly, I hope. And that is fantastic because if you are an author, you really need to have beta readers. And uh, they will tell you what makes sense, uh, what works for them, where they want to see more story. And my beta readers are very good at, yeah, you, you want people that will be completely honest and say, you are so full of shit. This is just the worst piece of dreck that I've ever read. And my beta reader, uh, Becky, is like that. Thank you so much, Becky. She is just amazing. And um, I, in fact, I had something that I had rewritten like three times. And she wrote me yesterday, and there's a there's a part that's kind of sad. And she said, "Please don't make me read this again because I'm so sad about this one part." And I said, "I'm so sorry. I, I it's it's done. I'm not going to send it to you again, <laughs> ever." <laughs> so she was really pleased. But I want you to read just a little bit to give people a taste. So first, tell them what uh, the series is about. Oh, it's about genies. It's really about um, the messes that magic. The messes that magic makes. Um, my character is Lucy Alavon and she's a genie and she's been shackled. She's granted wishes. She's blundered through fate favors and bad luck. She's lived with bad luck all of her life. And she is a survivor of magic. And basically it's just a, a transcontinental wild ride of misadventures. And that's good. Yeah, the first one was very good. I have not read the second yet because all I have is this gorgeous hardcover that we will be giving away later in the show. And um, I was so afraid to crack the spine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have my own copy for myself and I've just barely cracked it open just to stick my nose in there and smell. <laughs> yes, you know, there's something about the smell of books. I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. So why don't you read some for us to give everybody a taste? All right, so um, the premise is, is that Lucy comes home and finds her house has been ramshackled and her mother is missing and she went and asked malware for help and they are now going back to the house because they think it might be safe. And just just so you guys know she didn't tell me I was going to do this. <laughs> so, here we go. I stared out the passenger window, listening to the road noise of the highway the next day. I'd slept poorly because of the same recurring nightmare of the moment I found out I was a Ginny and my ex trapped me in a bottle. Bottles were a Ginny's most important aspect of their existence. Not only was it a pocket realm that could store an infinite amount of things with an inexhaustible amount of magic, only available when inside the bottle. Most bottles dematerialize and could be redecorated countless times. However, once you wore gold, it was a prison to the whims of masters and wishes. That happened to me. 
I had lived in my mid-20s believing I was human until my sleazy ex-fiance tricked me with a pair of gold bangles and sold me off to clear his gambling debts. Because of his trickery, I had horrendous gold burns on my wrists and my bottle did not behave normally. That part might be because I've been lied to my entire life. Unfortunately, I woke up inside my bottle and nearly had a panic attack. I couldn't blame her. My bottle was beginning to understand it wasn't her fault. When I'd left her early this morning, a container of fancy Havarti cheese I loved appeared next to me. I totally ate cheese on Malware Tanaka's bed. I didn't dare get in it or even try to snooze until the sun rose, not after our conversation in the park last night. I groaned and rubbed my forehead. The sun hit the side mirror of Mal's car in the perfect angle to shine right in my eyes. What's wrong, Mal asked as he turned into my subdivision. Just replaying last night's conversation, this was embarrassing. Since I woke up, a chill had taken residence in my chest and core, a sign that I needed to be careful with what I said, which meant honesty and why I'd asked him to drive. I see, he glanced at me. I don't understand why it was so hard to see me. We've talked a lot. We FaceTimed almost every day while you were gone. He was pushing me into uncomfortable territory. I shivered, the cool pressure building beneath my sternum. I really wanted to hide behind sarcasm, but that was a bad idea on many levels. Because you're sexier in person. Mel chuckled, his dimples winking. My cheeks burned and I wanted to crawl under a rock. Oh, Lucy Avalon, he sighed heavily, but his smile never faded as he pulled up against a curb. You still have to come on to me even when we're both not bonded anymore. Brings back memories. We got out of the car and approached my house. The front yard was empty and the door was closed. I hitched my tote higher on my shoulder, my fingers tangling in the fur of my Sasquatch hoodie. The for sale sign is gone. I swear it was here. He nodded. I believe you. It's a shame. Sometimes there's a clue to, to which family made the sign. It felt good to hear him say that. Even if I've never cried wolf before, I hated to be thought of as a liar. Family, I asked. Yeah, it's usually Faye who make the doors if there wasn't a natural one already, like a slot machine. Earlier this year, I'd used a slot machine to access Gambler's Road and the Lantern, so it never registered that some doorways could be, would need to be made. Interesting. Well, I'd stalled long enough. It was time to go inside. I slipped my hand into the tote and touched my bottle. Can I have my keys? A few moments later, the keys tumbled out. Thanks. I found if I was polite to my bottle, she was nice back, usually. I guess sometimes neither of us could help ourselves. I hurried across the lawn to my door. Wait, Mel grabbed my hand, pulling me to a stop. The door is propped up, it's not closed. I squinted. They'd propped it against the doorframe to appear like it was closed to passing scrutiny. If anyone approached the door, they'd see bowed hinges and shredded wood. The hair on the back of my neck rose. This was spookier than it was hanging off the hinges. He moved ahead of me to the door, pausing for a moment, then quietly shifted it aside. After motioning me to stay put, he disappeared inside. I chewed on my lip and rubbed the hoodie fur between my fingers. I hoped no one was inside. Mel had gone in for, by himself, for me, and I had ignored his invitations to visit for five months. I was the worst friend. Something clattered inside my tote and I peeked inside. Mace. Thanks. I palmed it, nervous I'd spray mail, nervous of what might happen if I didn't take it. I don't know much about bottles, but if mine gave me nace, I shouldn't ignore it. Just like with cheese. Mal appeared in the doorway and beckoned me inside. I stepped in and gasped. Someone had trampled dirt all over the floor and the runners on the stairs and even smeared it on the walls. I sniffed. Maybe it wasn't all dirt. Mags's glass cabinet for her good china and all her Princess Diana plates were smashed and strewn across scattered amongst leaves and plant detritus. This isn't anyone, or 
I'm sorry. There isn't anyone in the house, Mel said, but it has a bad vibe. We shouldn't stay long if we can help it. What was Penny working on last? I'm not exactly sure. She never offered the information and I was afraid to ask. I headed toward the basement. Her office is downstairs. I led the way downstairs and hooked a right to her office. I tried the door, but it was locked. This wasn't a recent development. My parents had sometimes kept this room locked, which always made me curious about what they kept inside. Now it pissed me off. I jiggled the doorknob one more time for good measure. Of course she's locked it. Mel stepped aside, stepped beside me and I got a whiff of his sun-baked sand and sea breeze scent. He examined the knob, then a set of lockpicks appeared in his hands. He knelt before the door. This lock doesn't look compl complicated. This doesn't surprise me either. I took a step back and like a moth drawn to a flame, I checked out his butt. I was becoming more convinced that my intense attraction to him while we chased after Rasputin's bones was genuine and not the side effects of the Ginny Silk Bond, which only made my previous behavior more embarrassing. I heard a rattling noise like dried leaves still clinging to trees on a windy day. I peered over my shoulder, searching through the gloom and the rest of the basement, but saw nothing alarming. The door opened and I faced forward. Mel lifted a hand and stepped inside. A moment later, a light flickered on. Good job, I fist bumped him. All in the day's work. Mom's office wasn't pretty. It was half finished with exposed studs and saggy drop down ceiling with stained tiles. If I remembered right, this house had suffered some major plumbing issues when we first moved here. And this room never received the fixer upper treatment like the rest of the basement. In hindsight, I realized how strange that was considering mom was a fortune Jenny and she always had a budget for everything. It smelled musty in here. The desk was big enough for two people, banker boxes were stacked against the wall and an old calendar from last year hung on the wall above a filing cabinet. It was still turned to August, the month dad died. The office was how they left it before their last trip. Dad's notepads cluttered his side of the desk, his bold handwriting splashed across the paper like he'd written it yesterday and not over a year ago, or that he wasn't here with us any longer. Mostly, it was a vivid reminder of how much mom missed him. My dad, Frankie Avalon, used to be a light lighter, a part of Ginny Police, and when he apprehended a winter court fay, he'd been cursed to have a child the exact opposite of him. My dad was beyond lucky. He was legendary lucky. He even helped the human Frankie Avalon with his career just because they had the same name. I was curse born and mom and dad left the right side of the law to protect me. It didn't do either of us any good. Dad died in a freak accident in a Mayan temple trying to find a cure for me last year. The binding on my magic broke and I was caught up in a black market Ginny auction and a slave to gold. My brand of magic is bad luck and triggered by sarcasm. Ask my ex, he's a quadriplegic now, but at least he will be taken care of for the rest of his life like he wished for, the scumbag. I touched dad's handwriting, yearning for some connection to him now. He was special to us both, but mom had practically been a different person around him. She was prone to smile and contentment seeped from her like she was made of happiness. I rubbed my chest, hoping to soothe the dull ache and wishing I could have been there for her more than I had. Maybe then a fog of sorrow wouldn't still surround her, or at least she'd stop glaring at young families so openly that they crossed the street to avoid her. Seeing the office, seeing how she still lived in the past, made me want to hug her until she could appreciate the sun again. I was hoping for a computer. Mel approached the desk and began opening drawers. He froze and looked at me. Are you okay with me going through her stuff? I set my toe on the desk and swelled a lump in my throat. Yeah, you might recognize something I have no clue about. Mom keeps her laptop close, so I'm not surprised it's MIA. 
We worked in silence. It felt normal. I was worried that last night might have ruined our easygoing friendship, but apparently we could handle a lot together. I kept hearing that rattling noise, but every time I checked for the source, man, Mel was fanning pages or I was hearing things. Zeus, he handed me a sheet. This isn't the same bracelet you told me about? It was a printout of an article from an Australian paper six weeks ago. The bold headline made my mouth go dry. Daniela Jewelers robbed. The rainbow opal bracelet, which was worth a fortune, had mysteriously disappeared overnight with no sign of a break-in, and the cameras only caught a shadowy figure, figure expertly circumventing the lasers and other security measures. It was a suspected to be an inside job. The photo of the bracelet broke my heart. It was the same one mom had given me in Australia after I'd been mugged. I knew she had done something in the Phalans when a couple of Jenny tracked her down to give her shit, but I'd never been able to ask exactly what the bracelet she'd given me was. I'd assumed she'd stolen the bracelet, but I should have. I suspected it was a charm, but I hadn't wanted to know. I stopped wearing it. Besides, I didn't like enjoying drawing attention to my scarred wrists. She told me yet another lie. She hadn't had a jeweler friend make it for her. She'd stolen it from the human base shop, most likely because it was a lucky charm meant to con counteract my bad luck. How dumb could I be? Had her little jaunt back into thievery been to steal a good luck charm for me? I folded the article and my bottle sucked it right out of my hands. I clamped my lip tight to keep them from trembling. I'm not sure how I'll return it to them, but I will. I'll help you. Mal's dark, upturned eyes held me, held my steady gaze, and his tone soft and accepting. That one statement meant more to me than I knew how to put into words. I cleared my throat and fist bumped him. Because you're awesome? Come on. I don't think we'll find more down here. Let's search her bedroom. Am I trying too hard with the fist bumping? Probably. But it was that or I threw myself at him, and neither of us wanted that. I climbed up to the first floor and was about to ascend to the second when a new track of dirt caught my eye. I frowned, studying the rest of the living room. It was much worse than yesterday, but I couldn't tell if it'd become dirtier since we'd gone into the basement. Rattle hiss. Do you hear that? I whispered. He stepped closer to me, pausing. The noise came again. The trees outside? I let out a breath. Okay, I thought I was imagining things. There was a mound of dirt in the second floor landing. Stepping around it, I peeked in my room. My bed was on his side, the frame broken, and my mattress shredded. Son of a bitch! Whoever broke in here owes me a new mattress, a Tempur-Pedic, I gasped. My shoes! The checks I hadn't stored in my bottle were scattered, stained with dirt and grass and probably poop. It smelled like shit in my room. I looked in my bathroom and the overflowed toilet confirmed my suspicion. They did a number on your house. Mel wore a troubled expression as he glanced out the door. Then he grabbed my hand and tugged me into the hallway. Come on, we need to keep searching. The three other rooms in the, were in the same state as mine, destroyed and smelly. Mom's room yielded nothing that would give us any idea where she might be, and the trees were getting downright loud. I'd never heard them like this before, and when I looked out the window, it didn't seem all that windy outside. I blew out a frustrated breath, retrieved my phone from my pocket, and tried calling Mom and Max. No one answered. I gnawed on my lower lip, questions racing through my head over where they could be, what happened, and how I would find them. Do you have an attic or a crawl space, Mel asked. Maybe your mom stashed more things up there. I brightened. Yes. I pushed into the hallway and pointed at the ceiling. Grab that cord. He tugged on it. The panel opened, and a drop-down ladder slid out. We climbed up into the cab attic. It was dusty, a little humid, but at least it was clean. No sign of tracked dirt, and it smelled 10 times better than the hallway. Half the attic was finished with dusty floors, rolled up rugs, old boxes, chests, and some travel trunks plastered with stickers. On the unfinished side were rolls of insulation and a single banker's box. 
look, I stepped onto the joists and wobbled. How much do you want to bet that box is my mom's? Careful, Mel's hands rested on my hips, studying me. You could fall through. I smiled at him over my shoulder, not with you looking at for me. Good point. He flashed his dimples and my stomach fluttered. I carefully walked along the joist to the box, Mel hovering at my back. I stopped before the box and lifted the lid. Right on top was a legal pad with mom's handwriting all over it and a doodle I couldn't quite make heads or tails of. Mal peered over my shoulder. Huh, that's an explosion erupted behind us. I gasped, dreamed, hardly registering Mal grabbing me. Behind us, multiple roots punched through the floor, each one closer and closer to where we were, precariously balancing on the floor joists. One root shot up between us. I screamed as the joist buckled, and I fell through the attic floor. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I'm really excited, and I wish that I had the rest of the day just to sit and read to find out what happens next. Uh, I'm going to have to, I think I actually have it on um, KDP, because you have it on KDP mm. Unlimited, right? Right. It's on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, Kindle Unlimited. I always say it wrong. So, yeah, all the both books are on Kindle Unlimited, but you really want dun, dun, this gorgeous i gotta hold it right here there we go this gorgeous hardcover i just can't get over how nice that is uh, i was so excited uh to get it in the mail um the 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 cover you know it looks gorgeous it goes all the way around to the back um, it has a really nice shiny look it has a it feels really nice when you open it up the end papers are pretty there's no uh there's no gaps that you see, and sometimes you do. You know, sometimes I'll pick up a book at a uh, at a sale and go, ooh, you know, you can see the the threading or or whatever they use to um, to bind it. Um, but no, they did a really good job. This was from Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Amazon. So the third book. When does that one come out? You say it's my cover artist isn't available until December, so sometime around there. <laughs> sometime around December so this gives you all time to read books one and two and I see this one is I'm looking at the page numbers uh, 200 and 238 pages so we have this gorgeous paperback I'm gonna show it if you're watching one more time here so we're gonna give this one away and it is actually autographed and there's a message inside but I'm not gonna tell you what it says you'll have to see it if you win so what people need to do is they need to go down to the comments and you're not going to write, this is the answer to the question, all you're going to write is what you thought of the show, and then the next sentence is going to be your favorite number between 1 and 10. Don't say, this is the answer to the question. <laughs> Just put a number between 1 and 10. Um, and please try to tell us something that you enjoyed about the show, whether you like the writing, do you like to read fantasy, uh, something other than just the number, because that's more interesting to read. So, uh, and we, let's see, it is, what day is it? <laughs> I've lost track of the days. It's um, Tuesday. September, it is, okay, so this is going to go out um, next week. It's going to go out like the, the, whatever the next Thursday. I got to look real quick here. Hang on, people. Bear with me. Okay, this will go live on September 30th. So we will give everybody two, two weeks. You think that's enough time? Yeah, that works out. Yeah, we'll give everybody two weeks. Uh, I'll put in the show notes what day that you need to answer the question by. And, uh, and then, um, 
uh, then we'll I'll do a I'll do a drawing of all the names uh, that have correctly answered the question. Uh, if you write down the answer to the question is, I will delete your comment because I don't want people to know that. <laughs> I want them to listen to the show. So um, uh, anyway, so I will I will uh, uh, do a drawing and find out uh, if you live in the U.S. or Canada, it's really easy to mail to you. And it will go book rate, so it will take a little while to get there. I'm not going to send it first class because as light as it is, it's still heavy. If you live in a country where they have good mail service, <laughs> you can go ahead and enter the drawing also. Um, for some reason, Russia, I sent something to Russia once, and it took six months, and it came back to me. So uh, the mail, you know, if you're in a country like that, I don't want it to get lost. So just make sure that you can receive mail without an issue. I can send mail to Scotland. I have a friend in Scotland, so uh, I was able to send them something. So I know I can send there. So just make sure that you have mail service that actually works, and I can send it, you know, wherever you are. Uh, so uh, so that's, that's the question. So just the favorite number between 1 and 10, and don't say this is my favorite number. Do your comment, and then the next sentence is the number all by itself. And that is it. I am so excited to have Amy on today because I absolutely love her writing. I love fantasy. If you have a chance, uh, listen to the show we did for the writing prompts that Amy read. And I am still after her three-book series. She wrote a short story. I want a three-book series based on her short story. It was amazing. I know I hate to embarrass her, but it was it really, really was. It gave me goosebumps listening to it because what she came up with in, what, 20, 30 minutes, uh, a complete story, uh, it was just so good. So I will find little whatever show that was and put a link in the show notes so you don't have to look for it yourself. And um, I'm going to sneeze, so I'm going to sign off here quickly so I don't sneeze in the camera. <laughs> and thank you so much, Amy. And uh, uh, I will have all the links in the show notes. How can people find you? If they uh, want to, um, other than stalking you, this is like bookwise people. Um, you can find me on Amazon, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay, so I'll have links in the show notes. She will send me all those links, and I'll put them in the show notes. And you can find her books. And do you have a mailing list? Yes, I do. I'll send you the link for that too. And you get Penny and Frankie Avalon short stories with that if you sign up. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Okay, so you guys will want to do that. And that's it. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for reading. And uh, I'll see you again soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Amy. Everything we discussed is down in the show notes. So just take a look down there and let's look at that book. One more time, if you're on video, it is gorgeous. Stick this puppy in your purse and take it places with you and take a photo and, you know, send it to, some, to Amy on her social media so she can see her book in the wild. It is always cool when uh, readers do that for authors. They always enjoy it. And because I haven't done this in ages, I wasn't using notes. So I forgot to mention a couple of things. One is, if you would like to comment, go down to the show notes and click on the word comment, and it will take you over to our YouTube channel. They'll all be in the same place, and I won't lose anybody. And the contest will end on October 14th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's a good cutoff date, and, and I can easily stick everybody in the same hat and then draw a name, and I will let everybody know the show after the 14th. 
and uh, I'm sure that we'll figure out a way to get in touch with whoever wins. <laughs> and that is it. And I have great shows lined up for you in the next couple of weeks. And until then, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.